Greetings, folks. This is Rico, and you're listening to Trex in Sci-Fi Podcast 580 for March the, what is it, the 27th, 2016. Happy, happy Easter to those that celebrate this holiday. I am podcasting in the a fairly early morning, 9 o'clock here in Michigan on Easter Sunday. So, what are we going to talk about? Uh, we got to talk about Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice movie because I saw it. Uh, I'll talk uh, briefly about it. Try not to give out any spoilers. Well, I, I won't give out any spoilers, but I'll give you some general ide- thoughts. I saw it on Friday. I had Friday off. So, going to talk about that and uh, a few other things. Uh, geeky things, talk about a new computer I'm building. Uh, but the main topic, really, uh, will be a look at the Voyager episode called Night. This is an episode, I, I think it's a good one. It's a really interesting one, I, I felt. And for some reason, it's one of those times, again, where I thought I had covered it, but I don't think I have. I, I've looked back through the Trexton Sci-Fi vault archives, and I don't see that I've covered it. So going to be talking about that this week on the show. So... And uh, one little bit, I'm, I'm recording this actually on my new computer that I just built. So I, I got Audacity running, and I, it should sound pretty much like normal, I think. I don't think there'll be very much of a difference. If there is, please email me at treksf at gmail.com if there's a, you know, any significant, you know, problem or anything like that, or even if it sounds just fine, just drop me a line. So um, Superman, or Batman versus Superman... Is it Batman versus Superman? Batman v Superman vs. How do you actually say it anyway? Does it matter? Nah, probably not. Dawn of Justice started uh, at the end of last week, and I went to see it. So, to open the show today, I'm going to play one of the um, TV spots. This is a minute long one. I really think this is a good one. It sets the tone for the movie real well and, and matches it. So, um, here is a one minute TV spot for the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice extended TV spot number two here on Treks in Sci-Fi. You know, my father sat me down right here, told me what Wayne Manor was built on. They were hunters. I'm older now than my father ever was. This is my legacy. Superman was never real. Just the dream of a farmer from Kansas. That dream is all some people have. He brought the war to us. You know you can't win this. It's suicide. This is about the future of the world. I'll take you in without breaking you. Here I am. It's true what they say about little boys. No natural inclination to share. You're not brave. Men are brave. The world's only makes sense. If you force it to. Okay, that uh, again was a TV spot for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which I saw Friday, what was that, the 25th of March? So, um, yeah, this movie's been a long time coming. It's been uh, previewed and and talked about, and Zack Snyder directed Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, Clark Kent. Um, What should I say? Well, it's long, and <laughs> that's probably a bad way to start. I liked it overall. I liked it better than Man of Steel. I, I Man of Steel, I was pretty pretty mixed to negative on uh, for a few things. Uh, Superman is one of those. 
iconic, you know, I'm not saying anything surprising or new. It's, he's a classic iconic hero, DC Comics. Uh, he's supposed to stand for, you know, truth, justice, the American way, all that. Did, you know, ha- has this, um, you know, great series of movies with Christopher Reeve. And and just is is supposed to be you know bright and powerful and 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 you know a, a, kind of have a lot of life in a way and I just had felt Man of Steel was just a little too dark and I know some people like that in their in their movies and their superheroes and their comics but I think I don't think it really fits so much for Superman now Batman v Superman though because there's a lot of Batman in this movie of course. I think it works better. I, th- I think the darkness and, and that works better because of Batman being in here. In a, in a Superman-only movie, I think that that wasn't the best way to go with it. I think it needed to be a little brighter, lighter in places. But here, I think it works pretty well. The movie's a little bit weird, though, in a way that it, it's it's very... Um, the pacing, and it's a little disjointed, I think, in times. So... I, I, again, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I came out of it, and the first thing I texted uh, a few people that followed this stuff and friends and family and stuff, I said, it's it's pretty epic were my words because it is it is a very epic sort of, you know, just this, you know, huge force of nature, you know, in Superman and, and Batman trying to stand against him. Uh, so it's, it's, in, it's, it, it's much more, in a way, epic than the Marvel movies are, but I... I'm still always going to be more of a Marvel fan. I like the I've liked the comics since the you know I started reading comics in the in the uh, early '80s, late '70s, early '80s. So I mean I've been reading Marvel comics for a very long time. At first I never hardly read any DC, and then I started getting into Batman, a little bit of Superman, and a few other things like Green Arrow. Uh, over the years, DC has become something that I follow, but I don't follow it still nearly as much as Marvel. So that's where you're, where I'm coming from, at least. But Batman especially has always been a big favorite of mine. And Superman too as well, although I think Superman's a very difficult uh, comic book to write, a very difficult movie to do, uh, which they've obviously shown a few times now. So uh, but I, I don't want to, you know, what am I going to say uh, that, that, again, is not spoilery? Um, there were two things that I thought were really great about the movie that surprised me that I was really worried about. Uh, both uh, the actors for um, Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg, and Gal... Is that how you say your name? Gal Gadot? Is that how you say your name? From the Fast and the Furious movies as Wonder Woman. I was w- really worried about her, especially. Uh, but she, you know, she's in this movie as Wonder Woman, obviously, and I, and I was impressed with both of them. Uh, it, it made me, coming out of the movie, made me really want to see that Wonder Woman movie that they're filming now. So that that's a good thing. I thought she was really good. Uh, they used her well in this movie, uh, and Jesse Eisenberg, I thought, really did a good Lex Luthor. Uh, he, he's 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 he really did a good acting job. I mean, he is not like his normal uh, self in other movies that he's done. You know, he's done a ton of like you know these young YA, we'll call them, or or teen to young young adult type movies, and and I think he comes off pretty well as Lex Luthor here. Uh, a different, definitely a different Lex Luthor. So. Um, and Ben Affleck, I think, is great as Batman. I think he that that's a, 
it just fits him like a glove. He is basically Bruce Wayne. <laughs> you know, he's a little he's a little nuts. He's a little, even in real life, he's a little bit of a crazy guy sometimes. You know, I, I mean, he's had a lot of ups and downs, I think, in his life, in his career. So, I, And I think that works well for the character. And Henry Cavill, I think, does does definitely more with Superman this time out. So, again, I, I liked it I, and enjoyed it. I'd like to see it again, I think, sometime in the theaters before. Um, I only saw it in standard non-3D, non-IMAX, uh, just a nice big screen with a pretty good group of people. Um, but um, the movie, I, as far as little kids, I'm not sure that they're going to really enjoy it that much. I mean, there's a lot of setup in the movie, so there's there's uh, and it's long. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I think it's a I'd give it a, about a B on on my scale or something like that, like a three star kind of a rating. I think there are things that that could have been done a little different or better, maybe. But that's always going to be the case, just about. Um, but it um, it definitely it gets me more intrigued for more DC movies, and there are some things I won't not really spoiling it, but there are some threads. This is pretty much I mean in the title of the movie, Dawn of Justice. There are some threads that run uh, things that happen in the movie throughout that that set up the other things to come from the DC universe for um, the big screen. So uh, that's about all I'll say for now. Uh, I hope you guys, you know, if you're at all a fan of these kinds of things, definitely go see it. it it's it's probably I don't know for very little kids. There were some seven eight year olds in the in the audience, and I think they could probably they'd probably be okay with it. But uh, there supposedly is going to be this R-rated version that's going to come out on home video with extended, uh, an extended cut. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to really add much to the movie. I mean, they they pushed it pretty good anyway, so uh, we'll see, we'll see what they really throw in there. But uh, yeah, I think the uh, I think the performances were good. The actors, the cast was great. Uh, it's um it's an interesting movie. Definitely a not. Uh, you know, DC in the movie universe is definitely carving their own little path, very much different than the Marvel path, which is good, I think. You know, the, the only similarities now is they're using these movies as stepping stones, you know, to set up other ones as well, which I think is, a, again, a smart move. Marvel, of course, has been doing that for a while now, but uh, I, I think that's the way you play it. And that's the way really comics work. Comics really uh, use, you know, the whole universe they're, they're set in to set up other things in the universe. They have crossovers, they have events, characters move from comic to comic. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, 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 as a comic reader, it sometimes becomes a little frustrating because they, they push you to try to make you buy other comics, right? You're reading Batman and Superman shows up and they say, to be continued in Superman. And then you got to go read Wonder Woman because it's continue there and that kind of thing. Um, I try not to fall into that too much unless it's a storyline that I'm really interested in, but I, I don't usually do that a lot. So, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just why and, and, and how it works in movies, the same way they're doing it in, uh, comics for, have been doing it for decades, literally. So if, for those wondering where that idea comes from, it's from the comics. So, okay. So I think that's enough about that. I, I, again, uh, I, I give it a, I give it a, a thumbs up, uh, you know, not not way, way up, but I, I, I definitely in, in enjoyed seeing it. And it's there's some action and epicness in this movie that that is really um, is pretty, pretty crazy on the big screen. So that is worth the price of the ticket, as they say alone. So so go see it. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice now playing. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to... 
treks in sci-fi. Okay, I wanted to say thanks to Her, uh, to Vartok for that uh, podcast, cool podcast on Harry uh, Gregson Williams last week, another musical entry from Vartok. Really cool stuff. Thanks again for that. Uh, speaking of schedules, let me run down what's coming up. I usually do this at the end of the podcast, but let's mix things up, and I'll do it right now. This week I'm going to cover the Voyager episode night, like I said. Still looking for a guest host for next weekend. Uh, anyone who wants to, uh, let me know, uh, soon <laughs> on the 10th of April, uh, I'm going to look at the films of Ralph Bakshi. Uh, I've enjoyed his movies for years and, and I, I've talked about a little bit of them occasionally, but I thought I would devote a podcast to him. Uh, on the 17th, uh, we're going to have uh, Mark here looking at the film uh, in an entire podcast, a film that I've talked about before. Uh, called Silent Running, a big favorite of mine from the 70s. And then on the 24th of April, I'm going to do a vidcast. It's been a little while since I did a vidcast. I want to get back to that. And I'm going to cover sort of a follow-up. I did a couple of vidcasts uh, a long time ago, probably five years or more ago now, on uh, Trek fan films I did one and one one on Star Wars fan films. And I think I want to revisit both those topics because there's been a lot of stuff since that since I did that, uh, those vidcasts. So I'm going to do another one on uh, the 24th on a Trek fan film, some recent ones. And I know some people watch these. I know some people don't. Uh, I'm really hoping to encourage those maybe who don't watch them to give them a shot. There is some amazingly good stuff being done, both from a production standpoint and story standpoint, especially, I'll, I'll just mention it here, Star Trek Continues. Is, is fantastic. Star Trek New Voyages is good too, but but continue the, the continues folks, the, the thing that I like about them is they've they've been really good and consistent about putting content out. I know it's hard to do that, but they've been doing some good uh, fundraising campaigns and they're putting putting out steady episodes for for the past few years now. So uh, I, I've uh, really liked what they're doing, especially since I'm a big TOS fan, and that is what they do. So that's what's coming up on the podcast. What else? I'll spend about five minutes here briefly running down what else has been going on, then we'll get into the Voyager episode. Uh, The main thing I've been doing the last three days now or so, I've been wanting to, uh, for about the last year or so, build a new computer. I tend to build one about every four years, three, four years. I don't really upgrade computers. I don't really slide in a new video card. I don't really do that. I find basically after three or four years that it's simpler for a few reasons to just get a, build a whole new machine, new motherboard, and, and um, it, you know, costs more that way, of course. But I, I, I find that it works better. The components all harmonize and work better together. So I built a new computer the last few days, based it on an Asus, Asus uh, motherboard called the Sabertooth motherboard X99. Uh, also put in an i7-5820 chip. For those in the computer world, you know what I'm talking about. For others, they're probably tuning out. <laughs> DD4 memory, I think, what did I use, 32 gigs of memory, uh, RAM, and a bunch of hard drives that I had. Some I bought a new one, and the, the coolest thing, I bought this NAND um, uh, super screaming fast SSD chip that basically plugs plugs directly into the motherboard, and it acts as sort of an SAD, SAD, SSD, SSD, I was going to say. It acts as a, a super fast SSD drive. Uh, directly plugged into the motherboard, not a um, you know a, a little SSD drive like you've seen and maybe you use in your computers if you're familiar with that. 
And so, yeah, so I got it together. I'm still installing some of the software, re-reconfiguring things, getting all stuff set up like iTunes and Dropbox and things. But so far, so good. Uh, I booted the first time, which is always a good a good sign. I, I took my time putting it together. I mean, I built a lot of computers. I've built computers for probably about 20 years now, approximately, give or take. And, you know, I built my kids' computers, Lynn's computers, my computers. So I'm pretty familiar with. But each time I do it, you know, the, the case is a little different. The motherboard's a little different. There are things that are just a little bit like the, the last thing I had to get working. Uh, I bought this really monster size Thermaltake 10 um, Arctic uh, colored black and white case. It's it's a huge case, which I love because I love to stuff it with a bunch of stuff, drives and have plenty of room. And I figure it's a desktop computer, so I don't need to build the thing small, right? The bigger the, bigger the case, the better, in my opinion, almost, because it just sits under my desk. And the bigger it makes it easier to build, easier to add things in. So, uh, but the the last thing that I had to get working were the, um, there are some fans in it that have lights and there's also some variable speed to the fans on a control on the case. And I there's a connector in there, a Molex connector, again, tech stuff. But uh, it, it just, I had it plugged into a different uh, port on the on the power supply. Anyway, well, I, for, actually, at first I tried to plug it into the motherboard into one of the chassis fan plugs, and that didn't work. So I got a new plug, got it configured, got it all working fine, and uh, finally... Uh, you know you're almost done with a computer when you when you put all the sides back on it and you close it up and, and put it in place under the desk. So, but man, it's it's um, it's complicated to move from one computer to another. Even if you move the drives over, you know Windows doesn't recognize uh, where things are at, so you have to sort of redo things, reinstall, reposition stuff. Um, oh, the other thing that I did is I had never really used regular or regularly used Windows 10 yet. I put it on Lynn's computer. Uh, but that's about it here in the house. I hadn't even put it on my main computer, so I haven't really used it. And so I've been getting used to that. Yesterday was my, uh, I don't know, spent basically about an hour trying to figure out how to get rid of the password uh, logon thing. I, I hate when it's my own computer sitting at my own desktop at home that never moves. I hate having to enter a password to get into the machine. I'm the only one that uses it. So <laughs> it's just one more little step that I just don't need. So um, th they should make that a lot easier. It it's, it's not... It's not super hard, but it takes a few little things. It takes a couple of reboots for it to all reset. Um, so, hey, good geek talk here. I guess computers is pretty geeky. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's working well. And hopefully, then you know later today I'll install some other things, get everything up. I got to put FileZilla on there and other stuff related to doing the podcast. Uh, this is what's good about you know when you or when you're doing um, making a new computer. Basically, as you find, hey, I need this, I need that, then you just put them on like I put Audacity on last night and had to plug that in to the sound ports on the computer make sure I had everything plugged into the right places it's got a pretty nice built-in sound you know they've really gotten good about that I used to buy all those sound blaster cards in back way back in the day but the the add-on sound cards have pretty much died out I mean they do have them still but I, I don't need that high def high quality I mean this is still pretty high quality audio and it's plenty good enough for um, doing podcasts and everything like that uh, to, rather than bothering with an ec extra sound card. Frankly, putting an extra sound card in these things these days is almost more to configure than you really want to bother with, I think. Unless you're some huge computer audiophile kind of guy, I guess. Although I do want to get a USB turntable to um, start playing some more of my old vinyl records directly into the computer. 
So I guess that's about it. Oh, a little bit of quick, about a minute on TV. Um, Flash and Arrow came back this week. That was cool. Uh, we have the Flash Supergirl crossover. Hey, keep watching Supergirl. I guess it's still not officially renewed. Uh, we thought it was, but it's not. So keep an eye on that. But tomorrow they're having the Flash Supergirl crossover episode on Supergirl on Monday. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Okay. Enough about Batman, Superman, enough about computers, building them. So now on to uh, the podcast. The episode night um, from a Voyager. Uh, I guess I'll just get right into the episode and we'll talk as we go. So uh, here we go with that. Citizens of Earth, your destiny is in my hands. Those of you who acquiesce to my demands... We'll All right, here we go with the episode. We're starting with the Captain Proton holodeck program. And you face a dire fate indeed, as my slaves in the mines of Mercury. You have one hour. You'll never get away with this. Oh, but I shall. Your once proud country will fall to its knees. How ironic that I am using your rocket ship. To lead my space force into so is Harry Kim in there with this blonde girl? Chaotica. Before you came on board, someone pushed the self-destruct button. In three minutes, we'll all be dead. No! The jig is up, your majesty. Captain Proton. Spaceman first class, protector of Earth, scourge of intergalactic evil. At your service. But I saw you fall into the fiery mouth of that volcano. It takes more than a little lava to stop Captain Proton. Now, I want you to call off your invasion and give me back my rocket ship. There is one force in this universe that even you cannot defeat. The same to you. Doc! Mr. Paris, I should have known it was you monopolizing the holiday. Who is this insolent fool? Uh, he's, uh, one of our men. Computer, adjust the doctor's spectral frequency. I have no interest in your frivolous fantasy. I'm here to rehearse a duet from Don Carlo, and you've already gone three minutes into my schedule. Enough! Robot, attack! <laughs> Destroy them! Scout with him! Computer, freeze program. Doc! This is the final chapter. Satan's robot conquers the world. We can't stop now. Does the phrase to be continued mean anything to you? Sorry about my squeaky chair no, if you're hearing that. Wait. This program is a waste of photonic energy. Oh, really? Take a look around you. This is how the 20th century saw the future. We are studying sociology. Perhaps you can teach a course at Starfleet Academy, Satan's Robot and Historical Overview. <laughs> And they're, they're both controlling the holodeck or trying. Nothing, Commander. Just a little power surge. Says here the hologrid just blew out. We're fixing it now, sir. We'll make it quick. The last thing we need is a broken holodeck. Seven. I want good news. That's an order. Then I must disobey. I have no good news to report. I've completed an astrometric scan of the entire region. There are no star systems within 2,500 light years. Nothing? Nothing. Why can't we see any stars beyond that? I just noticed Seven of Nine has this habit of like getting very close to people when she talks to them. Any other ships out there? No. Although I think that's the television factor figuring in of marks hitting your marks and all that. Commander. It's like being becalmed in the middle of the ocean. 
it weren't for sensors, we wouldn't even know we were at warp. We've only been crossing this expanse for two months and we're already feeling the strain. How do we last another two years? We will adapt. Easier said than done. Seems like with their sensors, they'd still be able to see Shall some I distant stars, right? I mean, you know, we can see stars no. huge distances away. I'll tell her. So, I don't know. I, I guess I can sort of buy it, but... Uh, So Voyager is in this complete, like, void of space, void of light, void of anything. And uh, that's that's the idea that for the title of the episode called Night. This is, all right, so we'll dial down the intro like you normally would do. Or do-do-do. <laughs> so anyway, this episode, like I said, is from season, f It's I don't think I've said yet. Dial this music down a bit more. Although I love the uh, opening theme to Voyager. Okay, this is from Season 5. It's actually the first episode of Season 5. It was first aired on October 14th, 1998. Uh, production number 195. Uh, written by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski. A couple of regular writers for the show. Brandon, of course, one of the executive producer people uh, for the show. And directed by David Livingston. Uh, again, uh, so we have some tried and true people working on this episode. And I think it's a it's a real interesting one. It's kind of a psychological drama because basically, you know, Voyager trying to get back to the Alpha Quadrant is, is stuck in this just void with nothingness that's happening. No star systems for at least, what are, the, what are they saying here in the commentary? 2,500 light years away. Which, again, to me, still seems like you'd see stars in the distance. I don't know. Maybe I'm messing up my, you know, my astronomy background. Uh, you know, I took a couple classes in college. I've had, I have a pretty nice telescope. But still, it, it just seems like you'd still see something in the distance. Especially with, again, their equipment and sensors and, and all that. But um, So, uh, it started out with the first version or the first time we ever see the Captain Proton holodeck program, too, which is fun. I love that. I, I love to see a whole episode, or not episode, but a uh, series about that. It's been 53 days since we entered this desolate region. If we want to continue our course toward home, we have no choice but to cross it. We won't have an opportunity to take on fresh supplies or fuel, so I've ordered all departments to create an energy reserve. We're using power cells to stockpile deuterium. This won't be much of a briefing. There's nothing new to report. Humor me. All right, let's see. Warp cores at peak efficiency, just like last week. All right, and so they're, um, Chakotay seems to be strange because he's running crazy. things more or less right Rex. now. And uh, and they're having a briefing here with no uh, Captain Janeway. Can you be more specific? All systems are operating within normal parameters. Anything new on sensors? I detected a sudden increase of theta radiation in the vicinity. Source? Unknown. Could be worth a look. Finally, some excitement. Radiation? <laughs> Next piece of business, crew morale. Deteriorating, obviously. I have a few suggestions that might boost people's spirits. Please. Rotate crew assignments. Add variety to the daily routine. I myself wouldn't mind squeezing in a little tactical training. Noted. And the holodecks have been in high demand. I was thinking we could install a few emitters in Cargo Bay 2, turn it into a third holodeck. Here, here. See to it, Harry. One other item, sir. Point of uh, 
uh, concern among some of the crew. It's... Well, it's the captain. Uh, she's been a bit elusive lately. What's her point? People take comfort in talking to her. When they see that the captain's happy, they're happy. Rumor has it she never leaves her quarters. Captain's privilege. She'll come to the bridge if and when she's needed. Spare us the protocol, Chakotay. It's pretty odd, you've got to admit it. It's her choice. She can run this ship from wherever the hell she wants to. Understood? Yeah. Sure, sure understood. Yeah, Captain's gone a little nutsy. Well, she's sitting in her quarters, like, drawing on the wall. No, she's Listen, not really drawing on the wall, the but, uh, yeah, it, it is weird think of this considering how involved vacation. she is. Usually, you know, normally they're... Every little thing with going on with the ship, she's always there, and That's now she's not. Wow, I like the Harry, way they start this episode, though, genius. where she's just not there. How do you come up with these brilliant ideas? You're such an optimistic guy. One thing about this is that they don't comment on, really, I don't think, maybe they do at some point, is that, you know, Starfleet should be, you know, filled with people that are used to space travel, used to long periods of basically not much going on. You know, when you think about Star Trek, you have episodes that basically point out, you know, oh, now this happens, and then probably three months go by and nothing happens. So there's got to be a lot of this kind of thing uh, that they deal with. The, the holodeck Computer is a good, understandable um, diversion for them. Okay, we're with Neelix here. Who's, it looks like he just woke up kind of in the middle of the night. And he's looking out one of the windows in his quarters, of course, and it's just completely black. First thing in the morning, I replicate some curtains. <laughs> also, the uh, interesting thing about it is, is that you would think that they would have ways to sort of fake, like, day and night. Although they do lighting on the ship that way. That's because you always fall for it. I feel like we've played this match a hundred times. Dorada is a game of subtlety. Too subtle for me. <laughs> I'll bet. What's that supposed to mean? Well, if it doesn't involve Klingon pain sticks. Good night. Oh, there you go. Just when I'm winning, who's predictable? You don't want to start a fight with me right now, not at 3 This game that they're playing is actually from a real-life game called Porto. Everything is a joke to you. It, it's not Dorada like they describe here. It's well, actually a real game win. currently uh, available. Oh, why sleep when we're having so much fun? He's joking, Neelix. We're all supposed to laugh. I certainly am laughing on the inside. Smiling. I think anyway. these people need to drink some more synthahol. Start a new game. Cards? A little snack? No, I have a better idea. Why don't we make a schedule, a fight rotation? We can optimize our resources. I can start one, then you can start one. I am really tired of these games. Well, then don't play them. Stop! You are senior officers. You're supposed to be setting an example for the rest, the rest of the crew. Neelix? Paris to sickbay. Neelix is, a, is obviously more affected by this than some. You, a mild you know, he's not sleeping well, he's not uh, handling the, this dark anxiety. void of space. Anxiety is what I feel when I burn a pot roast. This, this is more like... Dizziness, nausea, unspeakable dread. Yes. Nylophobia, the fear of nothingness. Or in layman's terms, the fear of... 
nothingness. If it's any consolation, I can relate to it. I go into a void every time I'm deactivated. Emptiness, complete and utter oblivion. I'll admit it was unsettling at first. The existential horror of it all. You're not helping, Doctor. <laughs> Sorry. You're not helping, Doctor, please. Is, you'll get used to it. I hope so. Commander, am I disturbing you? No. So, uh, he's in stellar photography. For recreational uh, use. I come here to meditate. Needless to say, the view from my quarters has been less than stellar lately. Astronomical phenomena help you to focus your mind. Yes. I imagine that each star represents a single thought. Meditation, it rejuvenates you. Indeed it does. I suggest you try Borg regeneration. It's much more efficient. A simple <laughs> cortical implant would be required. I think I'll pass on that, Seven. Thanks. You know. What is it? Long-range sensors are detecting more theta radiation. Dangerously high levels. Source? She's in her uh, brown uniform in this episode for some it's reason. probably nothing. You know. Just never got the whole, radiation. like... You know, could mean there's someone the fact she Distance? really, except for a couple exceptions, years. never wears a regular uniform. I mean, it's yeah, it's shot, Jerry Ryan, it's seven of nine, but you know, you would have thought by the like you know, the last season they would have said, you know, maybe you should wear a regular planet. uniform. I Actually, like the episode like where she was in that one in the uh, the time time travel one. And I've got three full hours coming. Any chance I might persuade you to join me for a few rounds of velocity? It'll help clear your mind. My mind is perfectly clear. And what if I told you I'm not leaving until you join me? I'd say have a seat, it'll be a while. Then I'll be blunt. You've picked a bad time to isolate yourself from the crew. This ship needs a captain, especially now. Would you be satisfied with, I'm just catching up on some reading? I'm not sure I understand it myself. It started when we entered this, what does the crew call it? The Void. Charming. Oh, what I would give for a few Borg cubes about now. Anything for a little distraction. Strange as it sounds, I almost long for the days when we were under constant attack. No time to stop and think about how we got stranded in the Delta Quadrant. How did we end up here, Chicote? Answer me. We were faced with a difficult choice. We had the means to get home, but using it would have put an innocent people at risk. So we decided to stay. No. No, no. I decided to stay. I made that choice for everyone. We're alive and well. And we've gathered enough data about this quadrant to keep Starfleet scientists busy for decades. Our mission's been a success. Very same words I've been telling myself for the past four years. But then we hit this void. And I started to realize how empty those words sound. Catherine. I made an error in judgment, Chakotay. It was short-sighted and it was selfish. And now all of us are paying for my mistake. So if you don't mind, Commander, I'll pass on that little game. And I'll leave shipboard morale in your capable hands. If the crew asks for me, tell them the captain sends her regards. 
It was a good scene. It it uh, it shows that even you know Janeway and the captain doubts herself at times. But you know until this pause like this, they, she hasn't really had a chance to. You know she hasn't really had a chance to think about what you know they've done and what she did by making that choice and keeping them in the Delta Quadrant. So yeah, I like that. It shows that she's human. It shows that she is you know has normal feelings about what she's uh, done or not done. So Harry's on the bridge uh, playing playing his uh, instrument here. <laughs> Sir, relax, Ensign. Anything to report? Not even a stray electron. But I did finish writing my concerto. I call it Echoes of the Void. Got a minute? Too many, in fact. Tell me what you think. Now, when we last saw our heroes, so now uh, Paris has got seven of nine on uh, the holodeck escaped, with Captain Proton going on. <laughs> to foil Captain it's pretty funny. My designation. All right. Your Constance Goodhart. You're my secretary. Secretary. Yeah, you tag along on all the missions. Now, I want you to keep the robot occupied while I save Earth. Computer. Run program. Citizen of Earth, surrender. Do not resist. I am Borg. Surrender. The robot has been neutralized. May I leave now? <laughs> Come on, Seven. Give it a chance. The galaxy's at stake. Again, I would watch a Captain Proton Trek series in a minute. It just I love that era of old sci-fi uh, films, you know, Flash Gordon, Buck Drop Rogers, that, that kind of stuff. We're losing power. With the maniacal type villains. And... No effect. Hey, Voyagers, ha something's happening. The, you know, the ship is losing power. Oh, they did a really cool job of lighting the ship uh, in this episode, you know, from the outside at least, because there's no suns or stars or anything to reflect on it so only it can only be lit by its own internal lighting and, it, and they did a really again nice job it, it barely is visible and now it's basically losing power and lighting and everything and becoming just sort of dead stopped in space a of pace, but a blackout isn't exactly what I had in mind I'll try tapping into the energy reserves so now the ship is pretty much uh, just completely without power, no lighting. People are walking around with flashlights. It's a very eerie episode, you know, and it, again, good use of the sets and, and it's just very different, you know with the crew scrambling around with just, again, flashlights only. Not, I mean, not even, no panel, nothing has a light at all. Not a blinker, not emergency lighting, Confuse nothing. Use a manual if you have to. Lieutenant. Just a second, I'm not sure how to work this thing. Oh, somehow the holodeck, though, still has power. I mean, because it didn't, Captain it didn't Proton go back to, to old, uh, you know, style. You know, with the grid and all that. Shh. 
shipwide power loss. Everything's offline. Main power, auxiliary. Independent subsystems are operational. Environmental controls, holodecks. Reroute power from this holodeck to the emergency relays. Yes, ma'am. No luck. The hologrid is frozen. I also like the black and white holodeck thing, you know, where they have uh, only, uh, you know, in the Captain Proton scenario. Oh, Neelix is freaking. Who's worried? Come on. Take deep breaths. Nice and slow. That's it. Bingo. We've got partial sensors. I found the cause of our power drain. It's some kind of dampening field. The source is off the port bow. That's about all I can tell you. On screen. Do we have the power to launch a photon torpedo? Maybe one. Why? Perhaps we could shed some light on our predicament. I'm reconfiguring the torpedo to emit a sustained polyluminous burst. A warp flare. Precisely. So Seven and uh, Paris are trying to get out of the holodeck that's all locked. This hatch. So the the holodeck is dark, but there's an uh, there's an alien in there that just hit Computer Paris. disengage safety protocols. And Seven disengaged the safeties, so she used his little laser pistol to shoot this alien. I saw something. I may be nylophobic, but my eyes work just fine. I can hear breathing. So Janeway shows up with a phaser rifle. Yes, ma'am. And zaps the alien, but he just runs off. Away. I can barely see the injector ports. So uh, the photon lit up uh, a couple of ships. Like, looks like about three ships off the port bow. Up here! We'll hook it up directly to the EPS manifold. They're pretty cool-looking ships, too. Emergency They're very power different. just came back. We've got tactical. Raising shields. The warp core's online. Jane went to break to report. The dampening field has been blocked, Captain. We are surrounded by three alien vessels. Seventeen intruders are on board. The ships aren't responding to hails. We do have weapons online. Tuvok, target the ship off our port bow. Fire a few warning shots. Shields down to sixty-four percent. No more warning shots. Not yet. He was attacked by an intruder. These burns are severe. Well, that's, that's pretty obvious, Doc. Bring it to sick bay. Shields are down. They're reinitializing the dampening field. We're losing power. Not again. 
Stop their attack. They're beaming off the ship. There's another vessel approaching. We're being hailed. So this other vessel destroyed most of the other ships. I'm Lieutenant Commander Tuvok of the Federation. I had to fire 13 spatial charges to drive those ships off. I expect to be compensated. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, thanks for the help. Uh, Tell me. Sure, we'll pay you. What are you doing in the middle of nowhere? So, the, for a change, they have an alien that helped them, which Bio is interesting. Doesn't happen a lot. Of theta radiation. Compensate. Trying to beam this guy aboard. Welcome aboard. I'm afraid we'll have to talk here. You appear to be leaking. <laughs> yes, yes, my isolation suit. Don't be alarmed. Ken McGee, I think, is this guy. Mr. Imk. Controller Imk. Imk. Malon Export Vessel 11th Gradient. It's a pleasure to meet you, and a relief. I'd, I'd advise you, you for... to turn around immediately. There are more of those creatures ahead. Thousands of vessels. They're almost impossible to detect. You won't survive another attack. We can't go back. We're crossing this expanse to reach our home. Then, uh, it appears you'll be coming with me. What do you mean? There's a spatial vortex a few light years from here. It leads directly to the other side of the expanse. We've been using well, it for helpful. years. Well, that's helpful. Yeah, let's do that. Get us out of the void. Yeah. Cut two years off our journey home. Well, thank you again. I'm curious, Mr. Emp. What are you doing here, besides rescuing starships in distress? Uh, I'm on a transport mission. My senses tell me that one of the creatures is still aboard your ship. It was injured during the attack. Our doctor is treating it. Why? Enough questions. Give me the creature and I'll take you to the vortex. Well, my apologies, Mr. M, but I'd like to know what's going on here. Are you at war with these beings? None of your concern. Your vessel seems to be leaking large amounts of theta radiation. What kind of transport mission are you on, exactly? My ship will depart in two hours. Cooperate or stay behind. I won't be coming to your rescue when the creatures return. I'm finished here. Yeah, okay, there's this alien that attacks you. You he's injured on your ship. A guy says, I'll I'll get you out of the quadrant if you give him. But uh yeah, maybe let's learn a little bit more first too. So all seems kinda convenient, but had to lower the lights. My patient is extremely photosensitive. That could explain why they dampened our power. My feelings exactly. From what I can tell, this life form may be indigenous to the void. His physiology has evolved to survive in complete He looks darkness. like a big pile of, like, leaves were glued onto him, like, like brown. That's the least of his problems. It's a very weird-looking alien. He's dying, Captain. It's a, it's a lot more elaborate than they usually do Every for makeup. It's more than just a face or a nose. Or... Theta radiation poisoning. The final stages. Oh, the theta radiation is, is poisoning him. There's nothing I can do. I'd like a word with him. I'm Catherine Janeway, captain of this vessel. You are allies with the Malon. No. We're simply trying to cross this region. We never met the Malon before today. They will want me. It looks well, like I a big no chocolate bar. To them. You're not a captive here. 
Doctor, are you at war with the Malon? Their ships are poisoned. The Theta radiation. They're killing us. Why? What do they want from you? Nothing. This will help alleviate the pain. I don't understand. We were ignorant. We attacked you. Forgive us. Of course, but I need to understand. You say the Malon are killing your people, but there must be a reason. They're poisoning our space. We don't know why. He's in respiratory distress. We need to get him back to his people. They might know how to treat him. I will show you how. I need a workstation. Route it to the helm. If you enter the coordinates, my pilot will set a course. I am grateful. Take the bridge. I'll stay here. We still don't have a defense against their dampening field. If they decide to attack again... I'm confident they won't. Finally, something to put in my logbook. Tubok? I need your advice. Up first. Look, I realize we're not exactly best friends. From day one, we've kept each other at arm's length. But I've always respected your judgment. And right now, I could use a little Vulcan clarity. Proceed. It's the captain. As you may have noticed, she's isolated herself from the crew. She believes that she made an error in judgment four years ago. That she's responsible for stranding Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. She told you? No. I've been observing her behavior for the past four years. Guilt has been her constant companion. You've known her longer than anyone. Have you ever seen her like this? Only once. It was during her first year as a commander on the USS Billings. She sent an away team to survey a volcanic moon. Their shuttle was damaged by a magma eruption, and three crew members were severely injured. The next day, she returned to the moon alone to complete the survey. She wanted the crew to know that their suffering had not been in vain. She could have been killed. Seeking redemption. Precisely. Captain Janeway's methods are unorthodox. It is her strength as a leader. But unfortunately, it is also her greatest weakness. Stubborn as a Klingon. To put it mildly. If she tries something like that again, I want to be ready. And I'm going to need your support. Yeah, it's a good exchange. You don't court. see those two uh, together very often. And uh, it's, it's a good scene with Chakotay, you know, being Rich concerned about Janeway. We've arrived. Stand by. They're here. But I must tell them you are a friend. Your communication system? I'm picking up photonic surges. They're all around us. Captain, we've got company. Eight ships, 12 more approaching. Let's run a full bioscan. We have lived here for millions of years, undisturbed, until the Malon came. Captain, every one of them appears to be suffering from theta radiation exposure. We tell them they are killing us. They won't listen. We try to stop them. They're too strong. What about the vortex? Can you close it, keep them out? We don't know how. Your ship is powerful. Your people resourceful. We need your help. 
Bridge to Captain. They're locking onto the alien in sickbay. Lower the shields. Will you help us? One of the things about this episode, they were going to have uh, them discover a small planet inside the void, and that was going to create a whole other little storyline going on, but they decided to drop that Poison. in favor of uh, ejecting massive quantities what of this is. It's basically a dumping the ground. These, the Malon are dumping theta radiation in this empty void. Captain, it's a story about environmental garbage waste, <laughs> you know, won't be possible. in a way. We've returned him to his people. You wanted the life form because you were afraid we'd uncover your transport mission. I said this was none of your concern. Well, it is now. You're using their space as a dumping ground for your antimatter waste. Why? Our civilization produces over six billion isotons of industrial byproduct every day. This region is a perfect disposal site. How convenient for you. A spatial vortex to the middle of nowhere, far away from your own system. Out of sight, out of mind. Problem is, somebody lives here. One species. One's enough. We didn't come here to debate the issue. We came here to offer a peaceful solution. What kind of solution? My people use antimatter as well. But we found ways to purify the reactant so there's no toxic waste. We'll show you. Guide us through the vortex. We can meet with your scientists on the other side, exchange information. Show me now. Stand by for transport. Commander, take our guest to engineering. Give him a demonstration. Let's turn our sensors on that vortex. I want to know exactly how it works, just in case diplomacy fails. Do you intend to destroy it? The residual antimatter is then processed Probably into is a look that uh, Janeway gave seven. Kind of like, level. yeah, maybe. What about the theta radiation? Oh, it's absorbed by a series of radiometric converters. We recycle the energy, use it to power everything from life support to replicators. We don't have this kind of conversion technology. Oh, our scans of your freighter show that you have plasma manifolds. The engineering principles are the same. We're not saying this won't take some effort. You're looking at several months of retrofitting, depending on the size of your fleet. All the schematics are here, and we'd be willing to work with you, get you started. We can even provide you with some converters. Ingenious design. Our engineers would be pleased. This would solve a lot of problems on my world. Unfortunately, it would also put me out of business. Sorry? Your technology would throw the waste export industry into chaos. <laughs> Before long, I'd be obsolete. <laughs> uh, do well, a different job. Here. You know, uh, hey, maybe make Hoping some money off of bringing them that tech. But I can see they're not. You can keep your solution. You lie. We went through this whole song and dance, and he never had any intention of working That's with not us. important. What matters is that we're talking now. We're proposing changes, some of them difficult. But progress can also bring new opportunities. Given time, this could turn to your advantage. I already have the advantage. The Vortex. No one knows about it except me and my crew. By ejecting my cargo here, I cut expenses in half. <laughs> I won't sacrifice that. 
I guess mass murder doesn't factor into your profit margin. You care so much about these creatures, stay. I'm sorry you won't listen to reason. Yeah, you really should have listened witness. to us. You've scanned my vessel. You've seen my firepower. You wouldn't survive ten seconds in a conflict with me. Get him out of here. It's funny that the, uh, the you know this waste hauler fra freighter guy is got such an armed vessel like Once he does to side, me. But we give them the reclamation technology and continue on our way home. Exactly. Even if we did get through the vortex, there's no guarantee the Malon will do the right thing. If Mr. Emk is any indication, as long as this vortex exists, the inhabitants of this region are at risk. Any chance we could destroy it? I believe so. But there's a catch. We'll have to collapse it from this end, where its dimensional radius is weakest. We'd be closing our shortcut out of here. Two more years in the void. I can live with that. Oh, but I'm not sure I can. Four years ago, I destroyed the caretaker's array to protect the Ocampa. So that they're faced with another decision similar to what I'm she had before. This situation is a little different. Oh, it's close enough. I'm asking this crew to make too big a sacrifice. I won't make that same mistake. If you have another option, I'm listening. Chicote. Take the There's ship no through, more than you. but keep somebody behind here? You're a fine first officer. Are you ready to captain this ship? Yes. Assemble the crew. Oh, that sounds foreboding, doesn't it? So, what do you think she's gonna do? Like, sacrifice herself just like the story Tuvok said? You know, about uh, going down to the volcano planet and uh, completing a survey when there are other crew people got hurt? So she's on the bridge looking very, um... Harry, how have you been? I don't Just know, fine, man. like, Good. emotional. We've missed you, Captain. Likewise. I'll make this brief. Your orders are to proceed to the Vortex. Use whatever means necessary to fight your way past the Malon freighter. I'll stay behind in a shuttlecraft and destroy the Vortex. Tuvok, I'll need a Class II shuttle armed with photon torpedoes. Tom, set a course Forget for it. We're not going to let you die out here. Have a little faith, Bolana. I'll have a shuttle, plenty of rations. I'll survive. Alone in the Delta Quadrant? No offense, but... I've made my decision. What about us? Don't we have a say? He's right, Captain. I'd be willing to brave this void if it meant keeping you with us. Tom, set a course. Lieutenant, I gave you an order. I can't follow that order, ma'am. Harry, take the helm. This is mutiny. I'm sorry, Captain. Put them all on the brig. I'll take over. <laughs> yeah, it's not going down so well, is it, Captain? 
Yeah. I will not comply. Resistance is futile. Okay. There's a hologram to do. As you can see, you're not the only one who's had time to evaluate the past. Yes, I can see that. You realize you could all be hanged for mutiny. Looks like we need another option. We fire torpedoes the instant we cross the threshold. As the vortex begins to collapse, we jump into high warp. There will be a massive shockwave on our tail. I'll reinforce the aft shielding. There's still one obstacle, the Melon. Antimatter waste has weakened the bulkheads surrounding their cargo hold. A direct phaser strike should disable them. Poetic justice. Indeed. You realize it will reduce our chance of getting through. Chance is irrelevant. We will succeed. A vote of Borg confidence. Who could argue with that? All right. Back to your stations. Let's do it. Red alert. Set a course for the vortex. Yeah, All like I said, this is stations. a good episode. I like it a lot. You told them. They knew coming in. I Did I? to say I wouldn't be a fine first officer if I hadn't. <laughs> Yeah, this is a good one. You know, they really use the, uh, the cast, the crew, well. So now they're heading to the vortex. They're being attacked, of course. Return fire. Hit them with everything we've got. Their shields are holding. Open a channel. This is Voyager. Stand down your weapons and fall back. Yeah, he's not really doing that. I'll take that. that as a no. The vortex. Two million kilometers dead ahead. Bridge to engineering. We're approaching the vortex. Bring the aft shielding online. Acknowledged. See you on the other side. Status. The port nacelle's been ruptured. We're venting plasma. Can you get us out of here on one engine, Tom? I think so. Torpedoes, armed and ready. On my order, Tuvok, we'll only get one shot at this. They're firing spatial charges. Evade them. <sighs> Captain Proton to the rescue. <laughs> I'll explain later. The vortex is in visual range. That's Time pretty to funny. Intercept. 47 seconds. Steady as she goes. Keep laying down fire. Direct hit, starboard nacelle. Both engines are offline. We're riding on inertia. One more hit and we're dead in the water. Without warp drive, we'll never outrun the shockwave. Tuvok, can you reinforce the aft shields with our main deflector? I believe so. Do it. We're going to ride that shockwave out of here. Let it push us to the other side. Adjusting shield harmonics. Captain. They intend to block our path. 20 seconds. Prepare to fire. So that how do you block necessary. space? You just go around them. Oh, the other little guys are coming in to help them. The freighter is moving to combat the aliens. They're trying to distract the Malon. Give us the upper hand. Ten seconds! The freighter's shields are weakening. Target their cargo hold. Time to take out the garbage. <laughs> Crossing the threshold! Torpedoes. Nice effects in this Shockwave episode, too. 600 meters. 500. Four. Aft shields at maximum. 
I think it won some awards, if I remember right, even. Pressure is building on the outer hull. Shields weakening. We're clear. The vortex has been destroyed. Are we out of the void? Not yet. That little maneuver brought us up a bit short. We're still 200,000 kilometers from the boundary. On screen. Maintain course. So they've still got just a little bit of the void left, but uh, they're almost through it. Which is kind of fun because I think this allows them to see the stars starting to reappear. There. What? I saw something. A star. Remind me to check your eyesight. Yep, they're through. All of a sudden it becomes like this big nebula with a planetoid or an asteroid and stars everywhere. Just like, bang, it's all there all of a sudden. But uh, it looks cool. It's a nice effect. Harry, what do you see out there? I see a densely packed region with thousands of star systems. It looks pretty lively. Full speed ahead. Maybe, like, fix the engines a little too, but, uh, eh. Yeah, so there you go. There's the episode Night from the beginning of Season 5 of Star Trek Voyager. Like I said, a really good episode. A lot of good stuff going on in it. Uh, good drama with the characters, especially Janeway. I like to see Chakotay in command. I thought that that was well done. And again, the whole cast was used well. Really, uh, you know, a nice little, you know, Star Trek-y kind of uh, nod with the environmental angle, too, thrown in. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. I, uh, I'm glad I covered this one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I think, again, Voyager has uh, got some real winter episodes, uh, as, you know. And, you know, there's some clunkers, like all the shows have, all the Star Trek series. But the... Uh, you know, that's always going to happen occasionally. So, uh, all right, uh, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come up, come, come up, come back and, uh, and wrap up the show for today. Okay. I'm back. Uh, yeah, I, um, Again, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Talked a little bit about Batman v Superman. Talked about the Voyager episode, of course, my computer and everything. Oh, the other thing I'm enjoying right now on television is the the new season of Daredevil premiered on Netflix. I've only watched, I think, three episodes or four episodes so far. I'm stretching it out. Plus, I've been pretty busy building my computer. But, uh, yeah, that's been fantastic. I already, already went over the upcoming schedule. So um, I think that's about it. I will sign off for now probably be a guest spot or something else next weekend and i'll be back in a couple of weeks with the look at the ralph bakshi films uh also uh if you'd like to donate to patreon patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi 
that is my fundraising or ongoing uh, monthly uh, donation thing. You know, a dollar or two a month. We had a, a new uh, donator uh, recently. Appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I'm going to start working soon. I've got the lower section of this set thing that I'm building done. I'm going to start working soon on the upper section once I get my computer all finished up. I've been wanting the weather to be a bit better, too. I want to build this in the garage because it's going to be a little bigger. Uh, but, um, yeah, so patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi also you can see uh videos vimeo for video vimeo dot com forward slash trekkie i need to make a new music video i've got a couple of ideas i want to do something for my trip to china i want to do something for the computer for the for the trek set that i'm building and i've got three or four actually videos i want to be making but been just so busy with other things i haven't had a chance so uh, that's it folks uh thanks again for listening so much appreciate it uh throw up a review on itunes if you've never done that for the podcast uh greatly appreciate it so talk to you again soon bye-bye This has been a Rick Dosty podcast production.